This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. Here on the Reset Podcast, we've been checking in with the finalists for the Chicago Prize. That's a $10 million grant competition put on by the Pritzker Traubert Foundation. The prize is designed to invest in organizations working to better the quality of life for residents across the city. And today we have another one of the six finalists, Catalytic Development of Auburn Gresham. They're led by Carlos Nelson of the Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation and Erica Allen of the Urban Growers Collective. Carlos, Erica, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, congratulations on being a finalist for the Chicago Prize. Carlos, how does it feel to be in the running for this $10 million investment? It's it's exciting. You know, um, it's very exciting. Uh, but I will say this is what we do. I mean, um, our work to rebuild our Southside community is going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. It's just nice that we're getting uh, notice from folks like the Pritzkers and and philanthropy now. Well, Eric, it's interesting because everyone we've spoken to, each of the finalist groups, there is this optimism and the sense that, you know, this is a great driver for what we do, but the work has been done and we're going to continue doing it no matter what happens. Is that the mind space you're in right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we've all been doing this under, you know, limited resources and I I would just say duress, you know, a lot of duress and a lot of passion. So to sort of have folks with a lot of resources and opportunity to kind of bridge these worlds and to really empower grassroots efforts to be financially viable is the most exciting thing. Well, Carlos, I want to hear about the proposal. Give us a broad picture of what catalytic development of Auburn Gresham entails. Great. Well, first of all, you're talking about partners that have been working together for quite a while in Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation and Green Era Development and others. And so um, our proposal, it's a portfolio of investment-ready projects, catalytic projects that are shovel-ready and they're ready to go. And the thing I think that makes ours unique is that there's already site control. We have site control. We are repurposing and rebuilding vacant buildings and vacant land so those, there's no displacement required. And these are catalytic projects that we know will begin to transform a community that uh, is in dire need of investment. Walk us through those three projects. Absolutely. So um, I'll start with the one led by Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation. Uh, it is the Auburn Gresham Healthy Lifestyle Hub. So if you drive down 79th right near Halsted, there's a ominously vacant 60,000-square-foot four-story building that's been vacant for more than 20 years, right next to Leo High School. It's been vacant so long that people no longer notice it. It's got a beautiful terracotta facade. We are breathing life into that building. We're going to have it anchored by a health and wellness center 
as we are in a health desert. We're also going to have a restaurant, we're going to have a community center, and we're going to have office spaces for a variety of businesses in that building. And and that building will be lit up, and we know that it will begin uh, excitement and transformation. And in fact, there's already a couple of projects that have heard about our work and are ready to come online. And it's within um, a couple of blocks or feet, actually, of the new metro station that will be groundbreaking uh, next year as well. Erica, tell us about the first renewable energy and urban farming campus, one of the other prongs of this project. The nine-acre um, parcel used to be a city impound lot. So whenever I talk to anybody about where the, the biodigester is going to be in the, the urban farm campus, I'm like, you know, on 83rd and Wallace, right around the bend. <laughs> and everyone kind of was like, oh, the impound lot. Um, so um, that's this, this space. It's exciting as well because it is sort of flanked by the metro line. So people will be able to see this transformed space that has just been derelict for so long and is actually currently a brownfield to be transformed, remediated. The actual space will be suddenly environmentally you know, sustainable, and then, and then we're going to continue that with the actual functionality of the space. And so, what, will, what will happen there? So biodigestion <laughs> or anaerobic digestion is the process of taking food waste or organics, you know, kind of the things that when you throw in your trash get kind of funky, mm-hmm. taking those things and then processing them kind of like a, you know, like a, what our bodies do, like mm-hmm. just grinding up all of the food that we eat. Gases are released in that process. We're all releasing methane. Everyone who's listening, you're releasing <laughs> methane one way or the other at some point in the day. This apparatus captures that methane from that process and then um, cleans the methane and, and pushes it into the actual people's gas you know, pipeline. So the mm. same gas that's coming to your kitchen stove is the gas that we're capturing from this process. And then after 28-day process of this, we end up with compost. So it really creates this closed loop of creating the, the material that Urban Growers Collective and our many partners need to build urban farms. So it's this whole kind of closed loop, super local um, energy, being able to actually produce energy to make our community not only self-sufficient as far as any kind of climate resiliency or any kind of challenges around both food and energy. Mm. So, I mean, if you think about it, you know, especially with, you know, destabilizing factors that can happen, you know, what will we do in our neighborhoods? And a lot Mm. of our neighborhoods are the most vulnerable around food security, around, you know, if, if there is an emergency, how do we take care of ourselves? So this project kind of creates that baseline. And then this is exciting economic opportunity. So all the businesses that can emerge that are green and sustainable and, dare I say it, non-exploitive, that we're able to take a resource that is currently being landfilled or a small amount of it's being diverted and really build a system, a model for replication. So all of the projects that are growing food or doing gardening or want to do new construction, they all need clean soil because our soils and urban spaces are contaminated. So the, the process of the actual business is creating the building blocks for healthier lives, 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 <laughs> lives, <laughs> um, like a, just a whole kind of rethinking of how we kind of take care of ourselves and our communities. And young people, of course, know this already. They get it. They, they get really excited because they can see themselves in this process. They can see themselves becoming environmental engineers. They can see themselves becoming farmers or food entrepreneurs or like a whole host of different 
career pathways that without this being in our community, it's something over there that other folks right. have. It's not in our community that we're part of. Well, Carlos, the third part of this project is the repurposing of Calumet High School, which has been abandoned um, for some time. Tell us about that part. Yeah, so um, our focus w- with the resources from the prize really is to do a um, heavily engaged community planning process around what the repurposing of Calumet High School, this 300,000 square foot beautiful edifice that has been, that's now abandoned, what that might be. You know, we're, we're expecting to look at, you know, affordable housing, um, job creation, training centers, and the like. And so it really is to make certain that it's a ground up planning process and not a top down. So Calumet High School is a, it's been there for a hundred years. Uh, it's an iconic building. And so that's what the inclusion of that third project in our Chicago Prize is really about planning for that repurposing. But as I mentioned, now there's additional projects that are um, looking to come on board. And so we've created a master plan. And so our Chicago Prize, the successful the Chicago Prize of Auburn Gresham, will catalyze a, a number of really interesting, innovative development projects, economic development projects in Auburn Gresham. Can you tell us a little bit more about the demographics of Auburn Gresham? So if we were sitting here uh, 50 years ago, I would say that Auburn Gresham was maybe 60, I don't mind now, 60 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Don't date yourself. Auburn Gresham, um, you know, had a population of 61,000, 98% white, Irish Catholic or or, or German or, or others. Starting during the 60s and heavily into the 70s when ethnic succession occurred, or sociologists call it white flight, uh, the the community now is made up of about 95% African American. At one time, it was 60,000 or so residents, but as we've began to see uh, more uh, lately, there's been an out-migration. And so our population is about 47,000 residents now. Erica, talk about the importance of centering community voice in the plans you already have laid out, but also, as Carlos mentioned, you know, reimagining how Calumet High School can be an anchor in, in the community. As soon as folks begin to see themselves in the environment and in the space in a different way, it's suddenly things that were kind of like you are kind of invisible or mm-hmm. suddenly visible and there's sort of a, a pathway to participate in planning and and sort of unleashing all of the kind of I don't want to say what I'm going to say it kind of repressed dreams like you're trying to survive mm-hmm. you're trying to hustle you're trying to like you know just get by and suddenly there's just sort of expansive thing that happens and you look at a space and it's like suddenly you can see you know starting a manufacturing company or you know the Whatever the business or the idea to have a space where you can you can project yourself in through a planning process and be part of that and to because it's not some externalized process it's coming from the community led by GAGDC who we've been partnering with like we couldn't be where we are with our project without having a community based partner and that shares our our ethics shares our our values and goals around making sure that community is centered in all aspects of the planning all aspects of being the first to to be the beneficiaries of you know these kinds of resources when they come in um, and not just the same like 
two or three entities, but really opening it up so folks can find a pathway, see the pathway, and then be part of that transformation. I'm really excited about, I mean, it's overwhelming to like this huge space, but I, I, I love that that because we are, we've, we were part of this sort of, you know, consortium, if you will, um, that it's not just about the Green Era project and sort of the, like, footprint that we're part of. It becomes the entire community. And then it's like, oh, what right. could, what are the businesses that can relate to the work that we're directly doing? You know, is there, you know, an aquaponics, you know, um, entrepreneur who wants to set, set up shop in that space? Is there someone from the community who has a vision around that? Is there somebody who wants to do solar panel manufacturing? And so there's a build-out for them. There's somebody who wants to you know, grow, I'm just going to be in my little wheelhouse, grow mushrooms (laughs) or, you know, like there's so many things that can happen because of this kind of community engaged process and being led by, you know, a community economic development corporation that really is, has done the work historically that makes it like so exciting for like organizations like ours to be able to develop a project like this. It feels like so much of the work I've been hearing, not just from your organizations, but also from some of the other finalists, Mm -hmm. is really centered around this idea of creating a sustainable community. Carlos, talk a little bit about why that's so important to this planning. Very good question. So, you know, um, one of the challenges that we've continued to face, and if you come to 79th and Halsted, you'll you'll notice that a CVS uh, Caremark has just uh, left uh, the store vacated. Uh, Bank of America is now vacant. A Save a Lot uh, has become shuttered a week and a half ago, and um, and there's other uh, stories like that. And they all have one thing in common: those are businesses, projects that are not owned and operated, led by folks from the community, people of color that patronize those businesses. That's one of the things we're excited about. We are really focusing on kind of this for us, by us mentality. And even beyond that, we are looking at not-for-profits within our communities, whether they're New Pisgah Community Service Organization or Target Area Development or St. Sabine or some of our other strong Auburn Gresham partners or, or others, to invest and to be able to invest and have a vehicle of investment into our own projects within our communities. And and Erica has kind of found a, a, a product that um, I think will allow us to do that, a concessionary capital project that will allow community partners and, and members to be investors in their own community. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left here. So I want to talk about job training because part of what you're, you're describing, Erica, would require people to get trained. Like how, how do I become a farmer? You know, how do I figure out how to set up an aquaponics lab? Is that part of the plan as well? Absolutely. I and mean, that's, that's the work that Urban Growers Collective has been doing um, historically and will, and will continue doing that. But also just um, being able to connect with a lot of the entities like Hire360 and others who can help with preparing the folks that we've been training to enter into the construction trades, to enter into some of the union um, opportunities that are inherent with this kind of development. Because it is, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, us building hoop houses, which we do now. We train um, the men that are in our training program um, how to do that work um, with the idea that we're becoming job ready to go into a trade or some other kind of living wage profession. 
but to actually be in, like we're doing multi-million dollar construction. There's opportunities to really shift some of the paradigms around who's doing that work and really work with our construction and GM partners to do that. And so, so we're looking at it not just from the urban farming and the landscaping and sort of the environmental kind of silo, if you will, but that kind of arena, which is sort of like, yes, absolutely. And there's, there's so much opportunity and importance in having that baseline, but also all of the other things, like how those are make a community more livable, but also create, you know, kind of connections around building the community, like literally right. building the housing, doing the green renewable energy transformation in a bungalow and how that's connected to a site that's doing that. And then I can walk over to the Healthy Lifestyle Hub and have a healthy, you know, salad that's grown by the greens at the farm or by another farmer who's in Englewood or in North Lawndale, who's part of this large, you know, kind of connected community. That's Erica Allen, co-founder and CEO of Operations for the Urban Growers Collective. Also with us, Carlos Nelson, executive director of the Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation. Their proposal, Catalytic Development of Auburn Gresham, is up for the $10 million Chicago Prize Grant. Thanks so much for being with us and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. Join us again for more conversations with people working to make a difference across Chicago. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. And let's talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.